1-800-285-4321. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. Let's dig into the news. We've got a lot to cover today. Hyundai's doing an ad that's Super Bowl-worthy creative, um, but not a Super Bowl ad. Uh, they're going to run it on the NFL playoffs, and if you're like me, you missed them. <laughs> so let's watch and see what we missed. Um, but, you know, it's an interesting thought. Language wasn't exactly, uh, well, a language. <laughs> Medium well, thank you. Our first vehicles weren't the fastest. Can you, uh... Faster. Hey, boys, punch it! Our first maps weren't that accurate. And you know, fellas, the world is actually, um... Give a ball. Our first phones weren't smart. Text mom winky face emoji. Our first screens... You couldn't touch. Mom, Dad's feeling the TV. No one likes a snitch, son. And the first electric vehicles weren't, eh, let's just say, they look nothing like the first ever Ionic 5. I mean, two-way charging, AR heads-up display, 300-mile range. What can't this thing do? Look, the point is, it's been a long, 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 long. <clears throat> yeah, good point. Really long journey. But worth it. Your journey at its most evolved. The fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. Okay, and that was, it goes downhill from there. There's a whole bunch. I played it a little fast. But anyway, 300 whole miles. I get 600 on my LS, Lexus. Uh, but, you know, and assuming you can, you know, you can't go all the way to three, 300 because you're going to not have a charging station. Whereas I can pretty likely find a gas station. But I'm not telling you what to do. You know, you might have a short commute. Uh, you know, if you need to go 100 miles, it might be okay. Uh, but anyway, it was, you know, it was well done. It was made the point. Actually, the first electric cars were in the, were in the 1880s, I think. Um, and they looked nothing like that. See how I help you, <laughs> help you wade through the baloney of the marketing world. Okay, so let's close that down and get over to, and here's the, and here is the, uh, here is the article that goes with it. I guess it doesn't get much bigger. Okay, there we go. And, uh, oh, man, R.R. Donnelly, their mystery bidder withdraws their offer. So they had, the board had agreed to a, a $10.68 or $0.85, cents, and then a mystery buyer came in. R.R. Donnelly's, you know, one of the early uh, printing companies. Uh, they printed the yellow pages uh, and they printed a lot of catalogs. Then they split, and I don't know all about all of it. I forget which one is which. Um, the one I usually meet at the conferences is the LSC, uh, which is the um, which is the which is the the catalog printer. Um, so anyway, there was the mystery buyer, and they withdrew their offer, and now they're back to the. Uh, eight, uh, $10.85 share by Chatham Merger Agreement, which uh, already owned a considerable share of R.R. Donnelly. So somebody, I mean, they had kind of a bidding war. So somebody believes in 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 uh, direct marketing because R.R. Donnelly was, you know, like a big marketing company. <clears throat> and another indication that mail is still going, Direct Mail 2.0 hits record revenue. Uh, so congratulations, Brad Kugler. Um, Brad and I keep talking. I've been I've been researching Direct Mail 2.0. Um, I've watched a lot of of their training 
videos. I've never actually had a hands-on with a uh, campaign. I'd love to do that. Maybe that's the next step uh, to see how it actually plays out in the real world. My my, uh, takeaway so far is that it has a lot of features that could be pieced together um, by uh, you know by a lot of a lot of other providers, a lot of printers, but that it provides a really nice package. And because of that, it's understandable for your clients, your print clients. Um, however, what I'm also finding is that just because they understand it doesn't mean they actually implement a lot of the extra features that they they have available. So it's a kind of a good door opener. Um, but how it works in the real world, uh, I can't say because I haven't figured it out yet. But it does manage a lot of stuff. I've heard that its, it's interface with informed delivery is especially excellent <clears throat> and a lot easier than the U.S. Postal Service. So maybe USPS can, can uh, tab, ta- uh, tag into Direct Mail 2.0 and say, hey, help us with our interface. Uh, consumers seek but don't find understanding from brands. This actually came out to be a much more interesting article than I expected. Um, a huge gulf between what consumers expect from brands and the perceived reality of what consumers get. Uh, only 13% felt more empowered by brands than they did two years ago. More empowered. I have no idea what that means. What does it mean to feel empowered by a brand? You know, like, okay, if I, if I buy Morton Salt, I'm going to save the whales? No idea. Really, literally, I have no idea. Uh, 71% of brands, of responders, f- expected brands to understand them. You know, I've written to ways like a half a dozen times asking them to change their speedometer colors because in the daylight you can't read your own speed once the speedometer pops up. I've never even gotten a reply. So I don't know why you would expect a brand to listen to you. They don't even, I mean, they don't listen to their best customers, much less. uh, It's just, um, it's a staggering survey that you really should look into. It'll be posted eventually, probably tomorrow. I'm I'm up in the North Woods, 12 below right now. And uh, so I've been playing with the kids instead of posting all these articles. But they'll be up there eventually. Uh, so only 43% feel understood. I'm surprised it's 43%. That's a really high percentage. 72% expect brands to keep me and my family and the world safe. I mean, that's just amazing. You know, we're going to be talking about Spotify tomorrow because Ritson finally t- uh, finally uh, chimed in on it. And he's landing right exactly what where I believe. You know, we've got these old... These old music people saying, well, we're going to take our stuff off of Spotify. Never mind, they have their own websites and their own channels, and you can certainly get their music through other means. So it doesn't really hurt them any, and no one knows who they are anymore anyway. You know, so we'll talk about that tomorrow. But keep my family, so maybe they're expecting Spotify to keep the world safe, and that's going to be a funny, that's, that's a funny charge for, you know, it just is. Uh, I, I don't know. Only 14% say brands are doing more than individuals and government to save the world. 
62% of responders expected brands to empower them, but only 13% say they're more empowered. Here And here's some stuff that is actually um, pretty interesting. Work flexibility. A lot of people felt that were more empowered in, at work than they had been before the pandemic. Young adults were more interested in wealth, indulgence, self-interest, and ambition than they were before the pandemic. Now, I wonder if if that's a regular thing, you know, there's, there, it, it was like, if, if you're 18 and you're not a socialist, you have no heart. If you're 30 and you're not a capitalist, you have no, no brain or something. There's an old saying like that. And, and it has to do with, as you get more responsibility and as you get more, uh, you know, you get a house and you get, get married, get some kids. Well, it gets more important to, create some kind of financial stability to get this family through, you know, your, your, your phase of it, at least. And so this is sort of a normal thing that young adults suddenly discover that, you know, they're, they're out of school and they have to, they have to get with it a little bit. Uh, they can, they have opportunity, and they need to, uh, both. And so I don't know if this is a, a thing with the pandemic or not, but, it, you know, that struck me when I was reading it. Women big jump in their concern about finances, careers, uh, and mental health. They feel less secure now versus two years ago. I don't know how anyone couldn't feel more less, more insecure, that's what I was going to say, um, when all of a sudden the whole world gets kicked out from under itself, um, maybe by a, a, a real threat, but certainly by government's reaction to the threat. And... Um, Time will tell whether that whether that reaction was uh, at the appropriate level or perhaps worse than the threat. We don't know yet, but we will. So uh, <clears throat> the data was weighted. People of color were um, moved dramatically, double almost, um, uh, more interested in having power over their lives again. We had very little power over our lives. So we couldn't even go to the grocery store for a bit there. Um, some of us took, <laughs> some of us just kept on, uh, but some of us didn't. So that's probably enough for today. I've got a really nice article on cold calling and direct mail for real estate um, that we'll, touch, we'll try to touch on after we get through Ritson tomorrow. But um, the style consultant likes when I explain what I'm going to do next. So have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. And we'll hopefully, Lord willing, be back in, in the warm office tomorrow.